There's something wrong, isn't there, with a grown man who'd want to stay in preschool. Of course, it might be easier, it might be more comfortable, it might be more uh, less demanding, but we're not supposed to stay at that stage all through our lives. We're not supposed to be content with learning those basics again and again. Throughout our lives, we're supposed to be growing and developing and moving on to new and better things. And it's the same with following Jesus. When we put our trust in Christ and on his, in his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection, when we accept him as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, then we are instantly forgiven. We are instantly declared righteous in God's sight and we're adopted into God's family. At that moment, we become a child of God through God's free and full gift of grace. But this is not supposed to be the, the end of the process. It's supposed to be instead a new beginning. And throughout our Christian lives, we're supposed to grow, to develop, to allow God by his Holy Spirit to work in our lives to transform us and to make us more and more like Jesus. But when Paul wrote his first letter to the church in Corinth, they were not like that. They were not growing as followers of Jesus. Instead, they were behaving like little kids. And so Paul wrote to them in this passage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 9, to challenge them not to be childish anymore. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages along according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Many of the, the Christians in Corinth, in that church there, thought that they were really spiritual. They saw themselves as wise and mature in their faith. They thought they'd already arrived in their Christian lives. That's why later Paul kind of sarcastically said, already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have become kings. In chapter 4, verse 8. And one of the reasons for their arrogance seems to have been that because they displayed so many spiritual gifts in their lives together. They thought that because they taught impressively, or because they prophesied powerfully, or because they spoke in tongues, or because they saw people healed, then that proved their spiritual maturity. 
it proved that they had it all together. And I think many people think the same kind of way today. They think that their maturity in faith is measured by what they're able to do. That maturity is measured by what someone can do in their Christian lives. So can they preach? Can they lead worship? Can they pray impressively? Can they quote from the Bible? Well, then they must be mature. And they must be spiritual. But Paul disagreed with that kind of thinking. He did not measure spiritual maturity by what somebody could do. During his second missionary journey, Paul had stayed about a year and a half with this church in Corinth, teaching them, leading them, encouraging them. But look at what he said when he was with them. He said this in verse 1 of our reading. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. So yes, these people were Christians. They'd trusted in Jesus and his death on the cross for their sins. They'd received the Holy Spirit and, and they'd been adopted into God's family. They were part of the church of God in Corinth. This is why here in this verse Paul could address them as his brothers in Christ. But these Christians, they were not spiritual believers. They were not displaying the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They were not following the Spirit's leading in their lives. Instead, they were immature. They were childish. Because they were worldly. They were following the pattern of this world. They were living lives that were dominated by their sinful nature or by their flesh, as some uh, translations puts it, rather than allowing Christ to lead them. So these Christians were immature, they were childish. But that wasn't just because they were new Christians. Because sadly, this situation hadn't changed in the few years or, or so since Paul had visited them, and then Paul was now writing this letter. Because he says in verse 3, you are still worldly. They were still acting like kids. They had not grown up in their faith. They were still immature. What this tells us is that maturity in our Christian lives is not automatic. It doesn't just come with time. A new Christian, well, they can be spiritual. And an old Christian, well, they can be worldly. So if we want to be spiritual Christians, if we want to be mature, then we need to choose to grow in our faith. We need to commit ourselves to allowing God to continue that process of changing our hearts and our minds. We need this same attitude that Paul expressed in Philippians chapter 3, 
when he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. We need to choose to grow. But sadly, the, Christian, the, the Christians in Corinth didn't have that attitude. They get stuck in immaturity and in worldly thinking. And because of this, Paul was unable to talk to them the way he wanted. He could not teach them all of the truth that God had given to him. Look at verse 2. He says, I gave you milk. Not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Milk is really important for babies, isn't it? It provides the nutrients that they need at the start of their lives. But as they grow, if they're going to be strong and healthy, they need more than just milk. They need to move on to solid food to feed their growing bodies and to continue their development. And it's the same for Christians. As we grow, we need to continue to go deeper in God's Word. We need to keep growing in our understanding of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus and how it should transform our lives. We need to keep learning and growing from reading the Bible and studying it and getting to know what what God is saying. Paul can do that with these believers. They were stuck on the milk. They were not ready for him to teach him more about the deeper truths of the Bible and the implications of the gospel for their lives. And so they get stuck. They get stuck on the basics. Folks, God's plan is that we will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. As Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He wants us to get to know him more and more. And to get to know his plan and his purpose for our lives. But immaturity, a, a worldly attitude stops that progress. If we refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to to change us and to influence our lives, then we won't be able to grow in our knowledge of God's truths. We can't deepen our understanding of what God has done. And we miss out on what God wants to teach us. So Paul saw that these Christians were immature and they were worldly and they could not accept God's deeper truths. But how did Paul see this? What was the, the evidence in these Christians' lives that demonstrated their lack of maturity in this church? Well, look at verse 3. Paul says, For since there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? 
These Christians in this church were bickering with each other. They were arguing over unimportant issues. They were fighting over position and prestige. They were jealous of each other's roles and gifts in the church. And all of this demonstrated their immaturity, their worldliness. And I think this is a really important uh, concept for us to grasp this morning. Spiritual maturity in our Christian lives is not shown so much by what we can do or how impressive we can be in our ministry. Rather, it's shown by how we treat other people. It is about how we handle our differences. It's about how we cope with people who are who we disagree with. It's about how we fellowship together as a church. Listen to what James writes in his letter, James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you, he asks. Let him show it by his good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So the Corinthians got it wrong. Spiritual maturity is not about the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. It's not about how impressively we speak, or how powerfully we minister, or how effectively we share. Rather, it's about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's about love, and joy, and peace. And patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. This is God's priority in our lives. God is focused on our character much more than our ability. He's more concerned with the kind of person that we are than what we're able to do. What is important to him is how we love other people much more than our achievements. And that's because God's ultimate goal in our lives is that we will become like Jesus. And we know who Jesus is. He said about himself in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When Jesus went to the cross, Jesus expressed his selfless love for us. 
He died in our place so that we could live. He took upon himself our sin so that we could be forgiven. He suffered so that we could be blessed. And it's God's goal in our lives that we will express that same attitude, that same selfless attitude. So this is what it means to grow up in our Christian lives. Are we willing to repent of that childish, that worldly, that self-centered attitude and instead allow God, by his Holy Spirit, to create in us a selfless love for others, even for those that we disagree with? Are we willing to allow God to make us more like Jesus? The Corinthians were immature and worldly because they were fighting with each other rather than expressing the fruit of the Spirit in loving each other. But what were they fighting over? What was at the, the heart of their quarrelling? Well, as we saw in chapter 1 of this letter, they were arguing over their favourite celebrity leaders. Look at verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul... And another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? Instead of being united by their faith in Christ, this church were forming little cliques around who they thought were the most important leaders. And these little groups were arguing with each other, criticising each other's ideas and preferences, and fighting for dominance and influence in this church. And so Paul says here that they were acting like mere men. They were just doing what comes naturally to human beings. They were just being selfish and proud and divisive. So they were not expressing the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. They were not living like children of God. And so Paul here challenged this behaviour by correcting their thinking. He wanted them to have a proper view of these different leaders so they could have a proper attitude to each other. So first of all, verse 5, he wanted them to see that God was in charge. What after all is Apollos? What a, and what is a Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. People in this church had come to faith in Christ through the ministry of Paul or Apollos. And as a result, they'd put these guys on a pedestal. They'd elevated them to celebrity status. But that didn't make any sense. Because in reality, Paul and Apollos were simply servants who were doing what God had commanded them to do. They were not anybody special. They were just fulfilling the specific role that God had given to them. It was God 
who is in charge. It's God who is the leader. And so God should be the one that we focus on. This was Paul's attitude in his own ministry. He says in the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. Now, of course, Paul and Apollos had seen great fruit for in, in their ministry. People had come to faith in Christ, and this church in Corinth had been established. But that was not down to Paul or Apollos. Look at verse 6. Paul said, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. So Paul was the first to go to Corinth and he planted the seed of God's word in that city. And then Apollos had followed a little while later and he'd watered the seed. He'd encouraged it to bear fruit in people's lives. So their obedience, Paul and Apollos' obedience, was, was vital. Both were needed for this church to be planted and for it to grow. And our obedience to God's call in our lives is also really important. Whatever role that we have been called to, it's essential that we obey. Listen to what Peter writes in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So if we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, then each one of us need to be willing to serve in the role that God has called us to, in the role that God has gifted us for. But whatever service we're involved in, whatever we do in God's kingdom, the impact of our work is not down to us. Instead, it's God who works. Yes, Paul planted a seed. Yes, Apollos watered it. But God made it grow. Paul and Apollos faithfully shared the gospel through their lives and through their words. But it was God who opened blind eyes. It was God who softened hardened hearts. It was God who brought people to that place of repentance and faith in Christ. So Paul could say we are God's fellow workers. They were working together with God in his in his church but they weren't equal partners with God the effectiveness of their ministry was all down to what God was doing without God they would have been able to accomplish nothing This is what Jesus taught in John chapter 15, verse 5, when he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Then he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We have the immense privilege as believers to work together with God in his kingdom. 
We are invited to bear fruit for him. But on our own, we can do nothing. Our fruitfulness is only possible as far as we remain in Christ. Whatever we achieve is because God is working in power in us and through us. And so the implication of this, verse 7, is that so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. If, if it is God who works in power to save sinners, to transform lives, to build churches, then it's only God who deserves the honour. He alone deserves all the glory and all the praise. And so Paul and Apollos, they knew this, and so they weren't competing with each other. They were not fighting for position or prominence in this church. Instead, they understood that the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose. They were working together in unity in their common mission. Yes, they had different ministry roles. They worked in different ways and had different gifts. But they were completely united together in working to see this church built up and to see the name of Christ honoured. And they were doing this with the awareness that it was God who was watching them. And so each one will be rewarded according to his own labour. This is verse 8. Now we're going to think about that in more detail next week. So we're not going to go into any detail about this, this idea of rewards this morning. But Paul and Apollos were not looking for praise or honour from other people. They were not looking to make a name for themselves or to create a following for themselves. They knew simply that they were servants of Christ. And so they were committed to serving Christ and to seek his well done, good and faithful servant. That's all that mattered to them. And that should be our attitude in everything that we are doing in our lives. Paul in Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 said this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that, that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. We don't need to compete with other Christians for the limelight or for the appreciation or praise of others. Because in the end, that doesn't matter. In the end, it matters only what the Lord thinks. Of how we've lived and how we've served. He is our judge. And so folks, this is why it was so ridiculous for this church to be arguing over which preacher or which leader they were following. It was absurd to make a celebrity out of a servant 
when it was God who is in charge. It was immature to form a personality cult around those leaders because it was God who had worked in power in their lives. It was childish for them to fight over which leader was better or more important when all the praise and all the glory should go to God alone. And it was unspiritual for them to be jealous over position and prestige in the church. When we are all called to be united together and to serve the Lord and Him alone. So this morning, let's decide not to be childish. Let's not follow the way of this world. Let's not fight for our preferences or push for our position or power. Instead, let's follow Jesus and in love seek to serve one another, fulfilling God's call on our lives. And letting him work in and through us for his glory and for his honour. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for the privilege of being part of your family through our faith in Christ Jesus. We know that this is not a privilege or an honour that we have deserved or we work for. It's a gift that's been given to us by your amazing grace. It's a gift that was paid for by the death of your Son on the cross, as we've remembered in our time of communion this morning. We thank and we praise you that you have called us to be your children, to live as part of your church, To be your people. And not only that, you've called us to serve you. To be your fellow workers in your kingdom. You've gifted us and called us to serve you in different ways and in different settings and through different gifts. But Lord, we thank you that you've given us that, that awesome privilege. Lord, I pray that as we do this, we will serve you with a Christ-like attitude. Not fighting for our, our, our rights. Not pushing forward our agendas. Not pushing for, for position or prestige. But instead, we will be seeking to just to serve selflessly in love for others. That we will be willing to daily lay down our lives to see your kingdom built. To see your, your glory uh, revealed to this world. And Lord, protect us from from fighting in our churches. Protect us from from bickering with each other. Protect us from, from jealousy or from conflict or from silly arguments, Lord. Help us to have this correct view of ourselves. Help us to see ourselves as your servants who have been called to serve you for your glory and for your honor. Help us to do that in unity and in love and commitment with each other so that we as your people may honour you and might glorify the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.